Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist this morning. It's good to see you in God's house. I love to come to his house and visit my brothers and sisters. It's a wonderful thing. Um, we have an unusual thing this morning, uh, <laughs> other than me. Um, Brother Zach had a, a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not here to read scripture for you this morning. <clears throat> Brother Steve Mosco was supposed to lead the singing this morning, and he has been called away due to a family illness. So guess what? <laughs> guess who you got? <laughs> Me is right. <laughs> But here's, here's the deal. God knew this situation long before I woke up to it this morning. And he has had it in control since the beginning of time. So why should I worry? Yeah? We're, <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. So let's worship this morning. Uh, Brother Daniel, I'm sure, has a wonderful sermon because he's been in Hilton Head for a week, and everybody knows that Hilton Head is the place of inspiration. <laughs> so let's sing this morning. If you would, go ahead and stand up and greet your neighbor and tell them how much you love them.
you join me as we go to our Savior in prayer? Holy Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering in this place to worship you, the true and the living God. Besides thee, there is none other. We praise you and thank you for who you are, for the greatness and the mightiness of your power and of your glory. Father, we do pray that the words of that first song might take place in our hearts here this day, that we might be revived, and Father, that we might grow and become more and more like you as we seek to walk you day by day. Thank you for the blessings of this past week and the anticipation of the days that are ahead. Thank you for every person that is gathered here this morning. Know there are those, our Father, that are heavy-hearted, there are those that carry burdens. There are those that are in the process of grief. I pray for those that in the hospitals this morning, Lord. We just pray for the, the, our brother that was taken away just a few minutes ago. Pray, Father, that you would be with the doctors and nurses as they minister unto him. We ask, Lord, now that your spirit might have freedom to work in our midst that people may come to know your Savior and Lord today. Pray especially for our pastor as he shares the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. 
Let's bow our hearts before the Father this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship you. We thank you for the fellowship. Father, we thank you for that awesome privilege. Father, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that all that we have and all that you have given us is by your gracious hands. Father, I pray that you'll bless this time of giving. I pray that you'll bless this holy hour. And Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
as you can see, we had a great week. Um, we stayed busy all day and all night. <laughs> we took 12 kids and five adults, and a couple of the kids just want to say a little something about camp that they enjoyed. Hi. Um, so camp is really fun. My favorite part was probably where I was up on stage two times. One on the, uh, I think the second or first gay. I could be wrong. Can't really remember, but boy, yeah, I could see when we were like walking down, la 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 la. <laughs> it's like walking, like going bye bye. Okay, I'm good. Oh, in the and we get the um a hundred seat where they where the um where we lo where the um Zephyr lost one. He went to look for one. Correct, Miss Harry. Uh -huh. Yeah, the parable. The key verse for the camp week was, for the Son of Man has came to seek and save the lost, Luke 19.10. I learned that, that God loves us no matter what, even when we sin, and that God will do whatever it takes to try to find us when we're lost. So I just want to thank everyone that prayed for us and supported us this week, and um, hopefully we'll have more go next year. So thanks. Three sisters.
I don't know if you all heard Miss Julie here. Her mother was Miss Ann Fisher, and she passed away. It was on Saturday, the tw- uh, July 21st. Uh, Miss Ann was a longtime member. They have four daughters, grew up here at our church. And um, her mother started our church library. So we have a library right over there. My children are regular customers of the library. So um, we have books all over the place. But um, it was, she was a staple a member here at uh, Broadway Baptist and went to be with the Lord a little over a week ago. So we're so glad. And she had, she had moved down to Leland, Mississippi. Leland, Mississippi is in the Mississippi Delta. So that's down, I know where that's at. So um, uh, we are, we're so glad y'all's family is able to come and be here and, um, and be able to uh, re- remember her with that. So, so thank you, Julie. I appreciate it. So it's in the service. You'll want to definitely go speak to the Terrell family over there. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, open up to the book of James, James chapter 5. I didn't even know my mic was turned off. I guess I could have not used it. But um, anyway, uh, I have a couple other uh, things I want to share here before we read the Scriptures. Um, uh, because uh, at the end of the service, we, we always, we're always run out of time and always forget things with that, so I have to write stuff down. Um, we have, uh, I was, I'm making Zach's, we, I know we have guests with us today, and if you missed the offering plate and you didn't fill out the little connection card in your bulletin, we have two black boxes now here on the Welcome Center. So when you leave, they're right there on your right or your left, and you can just drop uh, your um, uh, connection card in there. You can put prayer requests, you can put your offering. So it's an opportunity, if you're not able to catch the offering plate, you can certainly put whatever you need to communicate with the church in that black box with that. Also, um, th- we have a mission trip coming up. We are going to Jenkins, Kentucky. That is in uh, Letcher County. So we are collecting, right now, we are collecting... Food and water and diapers. And we're going to get a a 12-foot enclosed trailer and a big truck and haul it down there and help deliver food to people's homes. So this week, if you're not able to go on the mission trip, the mission trip is Thursday morning, August 9th through Saturday evening, August 11th. Um, Myself, I'm going, Daniel and Elizabeth are coming with us. I want to invite you to come. Uh, look at your calendar. This is a mission trip to eastern Kentucky. We have a responsibility here to reach our state for the Lord. And Jenkins is in the state of Kentucky, so we will be going there. We'll also be going into Wise County, Virginia. We'll be going over there near Pound. So uh, this is going to be a lot of food ministry, going up in the hollers and delivering food to folks in need. We have a preview trip of this coming up. We have a day trip. We're going, uh, Danny uh, Snyder and Ben Bill, or we're going to leave on, at 8 o'clock on Thursday morning, this coming Thursday, that would be August 2nd, and we'll be back probably about 5 or 6 o'clock, and we're going to go scout out a couple of sites we'll be working at. So um, you know, even maybe you couldn't come on the mission trip, you could come to the day trip to Jenkins. You know, kind of see, it helps familiarize yourself with uh, what we'll be working with. So I'll, in all truthfulness, if you're not able to go on these mission trips, I want you to consider giving. And uh, obviously, you always give financially, but you need to give. When you go to the grocery store, buy some non-perishable food, buy an extra bottle of water. We're collecting it right down there at entrance B, and then we'll be loading up a truck. And we'll, I mean, we're, we directly, we're, we're connected with a church called Hellier Baptist Church there in Pike County, and we'll be con- uh, ministering to people and connect them to the local church. I want to I invite you to pray about this as well as participate in this. We have another local mission opportunity. Where is Pe- Miss Peggy Hyams? Would she raise her hand? Miss Peggy right here. A school starting here in Fayette County on August 15th. We have a partnership with a local school called Mary Todd. It's more of a 
um, a, a, a challenging school, and we support that school with school supplies. We are collecting school supplies right now. So again, if you go to the grocery store or Walmart, you buy school supplies, and Peggy has a collection center right here. Within the next week, you just drop them off, bring them next Sunday or so, and we can certainly get those, and they are greatly appreciative. If you remember, they came and spoke in early May and shared their appreciation to our ministry. That's two opportunities for you. You help out with the local schools here with Mary Todd, or you can think about Eastern Kentucky down in Jenkins and Letcher County and Pike County that we'll be going to next month, and we'll be delivering food out there. So I wanted to share that as well. If you have your Bible, we are going through our summer series of prayer. And we are spending time, been praying for our church, praying about uh, the future of our church and positioning our church and becoming a church that reaches all ages. We have a responsibility. The great thing about Jesus is He appeals to all ages, no matter where you're at. And that's what we as Bible-believing Christians, we want to take the gospel uh, to everyone. So uh, we're going to read this scripture here. This is a well-known um, uh, scripture that tells us really about three different types of prayers. And we're going um, to be talking to, uh, about them here. James chapter... 5, verse 13. Now look at these rhetorical questions that are asked here. Follow along in your Bibles. Is anyone among you suffering? Do you know anyone suffering? That's a question that the Scripture is asking. He should pray right there. Someone who's suffering. If you've come here with a, a broken or a hurt heart, you lost your mother, or all of a sudden you're having family problems or um, addiction issues, whatever it would be, the Bible's telling us you should be praying. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Now look at this. You know someone who's sick? You know, even, even in our church family here, you know, Mr. Herb Brewer, a few days ago, he went to be with the Lord. He was sick. His funeral's tomorrow. Surely, his wife, she's suffering. She's hurting. She's been caring for him for years. She's a staple member of our church, and she's now been a caretaker for decades. And look what it says here. Someone's sick. What do you do? He should call on the elders of the church, and they're to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Two things there. You call upon the elders. Now, elders, we are not talking about old people. That's not what it uses the word elder. It doesn't mean just somebody who's old. A young person can be an elder. An elder is a leader in a church. It's a pastor. It's a deacon. It's someone who has a love and passion for Jesus. Someone the Bible qualifies as this is a man God has raised up or a woman. They are going to love and have a desire to be close to the Lord. The Bible calls this intercessory prayer. When someone is sick, when someone is hurting, you call upon your church. It doesn't have to be this church. You call upon anyone, any devout believer, and say, Brother, will you pray for my need? We are hurt right now. We are suffering. And it says, not only that, it says you don't just pray for them, you anoint them with oil. In their Bible, this is olive oil. Where you put drops of oil on their head, and you gather around, we're going to lay hands on this brother here, and we're going to, we're going to pray for them. I want to tell you, a lot of times we don't do this. You know why we don't do this as Baptists? And it's sad. Because we're afraid we're going to get accused of being Pentecostal. 
your life is true. People don't do so. Oh my goodness, they're anointing people there. This is biblical. The Bible tells us we are to pray and anoint people with oil and, and pray in expectation that God will hear and answer that prayer. Keep going here. Look at your Bibles. Look at verse 15. The prayer of faith. Do you know what the prayer of faith is? Prayer of faith means you believe it. It means you have people who actually believe. Do you, one of the challenges of prayer, have you, ever, have you ever prayed about something? And deep in your mind, you don't even believe it's going to happen. Now you're praying about something. Maybe it's a big prayer. Maybe someone has, the doctors have said they're terminally ill. And you hear that word terminal, terminal, and you think, oh, it's over. But the, with God, God is, He's the author and ender of life. That's the great thing about the Lord. So, it says here, the prayer of faith will save the sick person. The prayer of faith is a prayer that you actually believe when you go and pray it, that God's going to answer it. The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 16. Now look at this. This is the only place in the Bible it commands us to do this. Verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. That's the only place in the Scriptures the Bible tells me to confess my sins to other folks. Confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another. Intercessory prayer right there. So that you may be healed. You know what the Bible's saying? One of the reasons some of us possibly might not receive a healing we need. And I want to tell you, I don't think the Bible's just talking about healing of, uh, of, of, of physical healing. This could be a healing that you have been hurt by someone. You've become bitter. You've lost trust. You're, you've become cynical. You've become negative. And when it comes down to it, you need a healing with your attitude. The Lord needs to remove a heart of stone. You just, you just don't believe anymore. And all of a sudden, what's preventing it? You have unconfessed sin. You have hidden sin stored up deep down in your heart. You've told no one. The Bible's telling us we are to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Now, confess your... I tell you, everyone here, you need someone of the same gender that you can go to. And I can say, Brother Kevin Dye, I need to talk to you. I have something on my heart. And I can go to Kevin Dye and I can share and pour my heart out not scared that it's going to end up on Facebook. Not scared that, my goodness, he's going to blast it in Sunday school the next Sunday. Say, I've got this unspoken prayer request. You need someone that you can go to. And you just say, brother, I need to talk. I need to tell someone about this. I need accountability. I need a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. Another sister, he's go to another girl and say, I need to talk to you about this. Why? Because what that person is going to do, and this is why the Bible talks about this, Kevin can then 
not only will I be praying about my need, he can be lifting up to the Lord as well. Now two people are praying about my burden, my brokenness, my sin to God. When it says going to one another, it doesn't just say go to somebody on the street. It's saying you need a close person that you can call at 2 and 3 a.m. and they are there for you. Do you have that type of Christian friend? Do you have that type of girlfriend, ladies, that you can go to and she's there? That answer the phone? They'll sit down and give you the time and not interrupt you and actually listen? And tell you what you need to hear, not what you, they want, what you want to hear? Guys, that's what, that's what this Scripture is talking about. You confess your sins not only to the Lord, but you, sh- you have that close, deep Christian brother or sister you can go to, and they will hold you accountable. Now, there's some things, I want you to know, there are some things that you only need to go to the Lord with. But there are some things... If you're struggling with habitual sin and you realize that the breakthrough and the answer of prayer isn't coming, and it might be an addiction, it might be pornography, it might be lust, whatever it is, you need that brother in Christ also interceding for the Father. That's what, very clear, verse 16. That's how, you're, that's how you get healed. All of a sudden, two people are praying for you, the same request. The prayer, look at this, latter part of verse 16. Look in your Bibles. Look at this powerful sentence. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. <clears throat> Do you know, if I, have, if I need someone praying for me, I need Brother Hurd. I don't want a drunk down at the bar. Look at this. I'm being serious. Look at this. The prayer of an unchurched person? The prayer of an angry, bitter person? The prayer of the person who doesn't feel like they need to go to worship? No. The prayer of a righteous person. You want to know who you want praying for people? You want righteous people praying for you. You want people who know the Lord. To be lifting up when, when you... When, I want to tell you, be careful. If you tell someone you're going to pray for them, do it. If you don't, you're lying to them. It's a lie. It's a sin against God to tell another brother in Christ, hey, I'm praying for you. And if you don't do it, it's, it's sorry. It's pitiful. The prayer of a righteous person is very effective. Righteous people go to the Lord because they know God. What that word righteous means, means they're saved. They're saying, this is, this is a brother, this is a sister that knows Jesus. And I want someone who knows Jesus praying for me. That's the type of prayer life you want. So now it's going to give us an illustration here. This is an illustration of Elijah. Elijah had a prayer life. This is out, you don't have to turn there, but this is out of 1 Kings 17.1. Look what it says here, verse, verse 17. Elijah was a human being, as we are. That means he's a regular man, just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. you know what happened? There was a wicked king named King Ahab. King Ahab was an awful king. His wife was Jezebel. They were ruthless. 
They had idol worship. Whatever the Bible says, they did the opposite. That's how they ran their life. Whatever God says, they would do the exact opposite. That's how Ahab and Jezebel lived. All of a sudden, busting on the scene comes this man named Elijah. And he shows up at the king's palace and says, Guess what? At the Lord's command, which is my prayer, when I pray and the Lord will answer my prayer, it will rain again. So from now on, there will be a drought. And then what happened was he had to quickly leave and go hide in the desert because um, the words came true. It quit raining. For three and a half years, it didn't rain. And even when Elijah was out in the desert, the brook even dried up, and God had to keep moving them because Ahab and Jezebel wanted to kill Elijah because at He prayed, and it quit raining. God answered Elijah's prayer. All of a sudden, if you turn to the next chapter, in chapter 18, you don't need to turn there, 1 Kings 18, they had a a Mount Carmel showdown with King Ahab. And what happened was they built an altar to the Lord, and fire came down to it and confirmed that Elijah's God was the true God, and these prophets of Baal were the false gods. Then after that, at Elijah's command... He told his servant to go look, out over, go look out over the land. They were up on a cliff after this. Seven times they said, go look out over the cliff. And all of a sudden, a small gray cloud started coming three and a half years later. And it poured down rain. And the example the Bible gives us is the example of Elijah. Elijah was a righteous man. And God answered his prayer. At Elijah's command, it rained or it didn't rain. If they wanted a drought, Elijah prayed for a drought, and there was a drought. If Elijah wanted rain, it prayed for rain, it rained. And he was, the Bible's saying this was a regular man. Verse 18, Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. So the example we see here was God responded to Elijah's prayers. How do you become a prophet? You pray. You believe, you pray in faith, says, God, I expect an answer. God's hand isn't too short. He isn't too empty. Now look at verse 19 here. Now this is about becoming a backslider. In the old days, people used to preach on a a backsliding Christian. It says here, My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth, and someone turns him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Verse 19 is warning us about the person, a brother or sister, meaning a believer, who strays from the truth. That's someone who's prone to wonder. That's someone who's going around aimlessly. That's somebody who doesn't even know what church they go to. They don't even know if they go to Sunday school. They're not very committed to anything. They're just aimlessly going about their day and their relationship with the Lord. I want you to know something. There's a quote here from Johnny Hunt. This is our men's conference uh, we had a few earlier this year, a few months ago. You do not have to leave the church to leave the truth. Some of you are actually... Here at church, you're still at church, but you've left the truth. It doesn't take much to leave the truth. I'm a newspaper reader in this morning's newspaper. Uh, this is on, we have a religion writer named Paul Prather, and, the, and I read them every Sunday. I know some of you read them too. This is in our local newspaper. It says, Paul said, 
He's talking about how, in this morning's paper, how in the Bible you don't want to find yourself on extremes. Meaning you don't want to just throw it away, but you don't want to believe every single word of it. So this is what he said. This is, what, this is our world right here. This is, how, unfortunately, how people think. I came up in a tradition in which we claim to believe every jot and tittle of the word. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it, was the common phrase. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And then he goes on to say, well, you can't take the Bible literally. Yes, you can. If God said it, if God tells us here to pray, if God gives us a warning that if we aren't careful, we will drift away from the truth, He's talking to me. He's talking to you. There is a cultural drift that it's not going to drift to the Bible. It's going to drift away from the Bible. Daily, we have to say, God, am I trusting in Your Word? Is my life living what Your Word says? Because some of us are actually here in truth. Like Johnny Hunt says, you're still in church, but you've left the truth. You know, as, as you grow up, you, you learn warnings. We were in Hilton Head Island this past week, and um, there's this place near where we stay called Caligny Plaza, which is a shopping mall. And one day we went shopping there, and um, we're walking along. And this person comes up to Sherry and I and says, Hey, and sees our children. Would y'all like a free boat ride? I thought, uh-oh, no. Y'all know nothing's free. Only salvation is free. And he's got his little stand, and Sherry wants to go on a boat ride, so she starts talking to him. And he says, if both of you come and listen to a 90-minute presentation about buying a timeshare, we're going to give you a boat ride for all six of you and on this pirate boat, and you'll have a great time. And then he says, it's $150 value, your, your kids will love it, and I promise the, 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 um, the, the presentation is only 90 minutes, and you don't have to buy anything. And I hear this guy, oh, no. And I start walking away, and Sherry says, stop, no, we need to go on a boat, it's free, we go in the afternoon, my kids are taking a nap, and we just listen to the presentation, we don't have to buy anything. I said, Sherry, do you know where we're staying at right now? And she said, a timeshare. She says, do you know my, my parents own two timeshares? They went to the presentation 40 years ago. Do you know why your parents own a timeshare in Pensacola, Florida? They, your dad went to the presentation 10 years ago. We're not going, we, I don't want a boat ride. No boat ride right now. And she's saying, damn, it's only 90 minutes. It saves $150. We just sit there, you play on your phone, you don't have to pay attention. You just, just let's just do it. I go, no. And here, the reason why I didn't want to do it is because I never forget, I had a friend one time who went to the 90-minute presentation. And he told me, he says, Daniel, whatever you do in life, never go to a presentation of a timeshare. Because they're going to tell you it's an hour, hour and a half. Over three hours, a man stands in front of you. You talk about browbeating. They beat you to death until you sign the dotted line. I mean, $29 a month, you can own a timeshare and stay anywhere. They will promise you the world. 
You can stay anywhere you want to for $20. They'll finance it for you just easy, smeezy. Luckily, I walked away. I just left Sherry there because we had to both commit to it. I walked away and we broke up. We went on a boat ride. We didn't go on their boat ride. But I learned. I had a friend warn me the dangers of attending a timeshare meeting presentation. Now, the Bible is the same way. The Bible is our friend that comes along and says, guys, you need to be careful because you will become, if you aren't rooted in God's Word, if you aren't rooted in that devotion to Christ and having that accountability person who's faithfully praying for you, that you're lifting up your you're going to, that you're bringing their, your sins to them, that you're confessing your problems and your, your struggles, you will stray. The Bible says it will have the cultural drift. You read the newspaper, it just it drifts away. That's where it goes. And it is, the Bible's a warning. It's like a friend warning you against a timeshare. Whatever you do, don't go to the presentation. Whatever you do, don't go to that website. Don't walk into the bar. Don't, be, don't associate with that person. They will lead you away from God's Word. This is the, the power of the Scriptures. And the Bible's telling us here, actually, keep your finger. <clears throat> actually, I want to turn here in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 30. I want to read it, some Scripture here because Zach's little baby is named Isaiah, so I want to honor him. I want to show you something about that happened with a man named Hezekiah. Last scripture we're going to read here. Isaiah chapter 38. This prophet named Isaiah went and spoke to a king named Hezekiah, and Hezekiah was about to die. And I want to show you how God answers prayers for folks who are sick. Some of you need to have the type of belief that Hezekiah has. Look what it says here. Isaiah 38 verse 1. I want to read five verses. It says here, in those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. Terminally ill. We hear that all the time. That means there's no hope. That means you will die very soon. But not with God. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. You know, a prophet shows up at your house, and that's your, that's your prophecy I and mean, it's just doom and gloom. You're going to die. Get your house ready. It's over, Hezekiah. Isaiah's bringing the word of the Lord. You will not recover. Now look at this prophet. You know, Hezekiah and Ahab. Ahab was the prophet there that Elijah went to that said it's not going to rain. Now we see a godly king here named Hezekiah. But look at his response. When he gets some bad news, look at what he does. This is the way we should respond. Verse 2, Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to the Lord. Hezekiah realized, I only have one person that can help me now, and it's the Lord. He turned himself to the wall because he was about to cry. He was going to shed tears in prayer to the Lord. He said, Please, Lord, Remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. He said, God, I've given my life to you. I've given you my all. I've walked in your ways. I've obeyed your word. I've raised my household and my life 
and my family according to your standards, God. And he's weeping to the Lord. This is how great our God is. Look at this. Verse 4. Now remember, the prophet had already told Hezekiah, buddy, you're going to die. Go ahead and get your wheel ready. Get your house in order. It's over. Terrible news. Verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I'm going to add 15 years to your life. Do you know Hezekiah received a 15-year extension on his life? God heard his prayers. God witnessed his tears. He saw his heart and said, This man truly loves me. In fact, even though I've declared that you are going to die and you're terminally ill, you just got an extension. Fifteen more years Hezekiah lived. Fifteen more years Hezekiah got to be with his family. Fifteen more years Hezekiah got to be king of Israel because he prayed to God even after receiving terminal news. No matter what news you receive, no matter how bad it is, I want you to remember these stories. Elijah prayed, and it stopped raining at Elijah's command for three and a half years. Because God heard Elijah's prayer. Hezekiah prayed, because he's about to die. And God gave him 15 more years. Now for us today, I have a, a picture up here, or a screen, of types of prayer. It's the three types of prayer in this passage here in James. And we're going to end on this. Because many of us, I want you to walk away and go, okay, Daniel, I want to have a better prayer life. I want to I be like Elijah and pray, and God responds. I want to be like Hezekiah and go face the wall and weep, and the Lord responds. Look at this. In this passage here, we just see, this is the type of prayers I want you to think about. There's three types of prayers we see in the Bible here. We need to be praying for yourself. You need to be praying that God will answer your prayers. You need to be praying that God will keep you clean. God will purify your head and your mind. God will direct the path of your steps. That you will be a righteous person. That you will be a healthy person. We see in verse 13, and back in the book of James, we see that if we're suffering, what do we do? We pray. Praying for yourself, there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, the Bible commands it. You're to pray for yourself. Not only that, you should be getting elders to be praying over a sick person. If you know someone's sick, you need people like Brother Hurd, like Kevin Dye, praying for you. You need to have men and women, your Sunday school teacher and your class, lifting up to the Father. I attended Sunday school last Sunday with Sherry at First Baptist Church of Hilton Head Island. And I went to this class, this African-American man, his name is Richard Lewis. He met there right off this little room in the gym. I walked in there. This man walked in, he has a big sign that says Deacon with his name on it. He's jumping for joy. He's a, a 70-year-old man who's enthusiastic for Jesus. And I walked in, and this is what they did. His wife is, I guess she's the um, church or the class secretary. She handed me a three and a half 
a three-by-five index card and says, Sir, will you write your name on this little card? Because I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> this is no joke. The rest of your life. That's what the man said. He says, I've got a stack of cards of everybody that visits my class, and I pray for them daily. Every person who comes to my class, I lift them up to the Father. This is no joke. This morning, I have a man somewhere in Hilton Head Island named Richard Lewis who's praying for Sherry and Daniel Osmond. And I believe it because this is a godly man. So not only do I have the elders here at Broadway praying for me, I've got brothers in other states praying. That is the type of prayer that you want folks praying for you. And he has, this man says he has, a, I guess, a Rolodex, and he just goes through it. Every single person ever come to his Sunday school class, he prays. That's the type of Sunday school teacher you need to have and you need to be. Who are the elders of the church? It's your Sunday school teacher. It's your pastors. It's your youth pastor. They go to the Father and say, I'm going to lift this request up. There's a need here, and I'm going to be like Elijah. I'm going to expect God to answer this prayer. God is a good God. He answered Hezekiah's prayer. He got a 15-year extension. 15 more years of life. So not only do we have elders praying over us, we should be praying for each other. In verse 16, it commands us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another. This is what we call intercessory prayer. That's where you are going to the Father on behalf of someone else. So if you are here today, and you say, Dan, I want to help my prayer life. Who, what do I do? I, you need to be praying for yourself. You need to be having church leaders and your Sunday school teachers praying over you. And not only that, you need to be praying for other folks. There's always opportunity. Prayer is our conversation with God. Listen, if you do not pray, you do not know God. One of the signs of a great prophet was they prayed to God. And they believed that the Lord would answer their prayers. I want you all to know, if you don't have a prayer journal, if you don't have a prayer list, you don't have a Rolodex index cards like Richard Lewis does at Hilton Head Island, I mean, you're just, you're just aimlessly drifting away because verse, you are verse 19. Verse 19, last verse I'm going to read. This is what happens when you have no prayer life. My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth, there it is. Strays from the truth. What happens is this is how you can be in church, yet you've drifted from the truth. Someone who comes to church, every time the doors are open here at Broadway Baptist, you're here, but you're not here. Because you've strayed from the truth. The truth is I have a belief in the Lord that He hears and answers my prayer. God, I pray, as we have our invitation Lord, this is Your time. Lord, I pray we as a body of believers here at Broadway, we will be faithful. We will be diligent in prayer, praying for ourselves, having the elders in our church pray for us, and not only that, praying for others, intercessory prayer. Lord, this is a command from You. God, I thank You that I have folks I know who are lifting me up. Every one of us here needs to be praying for others, and having other people pray for us. 
Lord, you hear and answer prayer. I pray during this invitation we have, Lord, a prayer of faith, that you will lead us to respond. There's some folks here that need to get in right order with you. Just as Isaiah showed up with Hezekiah and said, get your house in order. Getting our spiritual house in order is getting saved. It's getting baptized. It's getting our family at a church home. Lord, I pray we will not delay. We will be like the prophets, Isaiah, Hezekiah, and Elijah, we see here, that they believe you, Lord, when you speak. God, we give you this invitation. I pray that we are bold in our response to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have our hymn of invitation. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. Miss Gail here on the piano, she's going to lead us in a song. And I'm going to be standing down front. If you want to make a decision, I'll tell you, we have baptism coming. If you've never received believer's baptism, we have baptism on October, uh, October, on August 19th. That would be in three weeks. If you've never received believer's baptism, we're baptizing an 89-year-old. So no matter what your age, you can receive believer's baptism. I'm going to be standing out front. This is your time to respond to the gospel. Let's stand together. We're going to sing. I need thee every hour. Thank you so much, Miss Gail. I want to share a couple more things here in closing. I know it's, I've gotten tons of announcements. One thing here, uh, tonight our Voice of Praise, which is our touring singing group here at the church led by uh, Mr. David Dell, they are in Florida, and they're coming back tonight. They're, I, guess, I guess they're on the airplane or on the road right now. They'll be back tonight for their homecoming concerts. That's tonight, 6 o'clock. I want to invite you to that. Also, if you're a Sunday school teacher, or if you ever want to become a Sunday school teacher, you know, teaching is a spiritual gift. We have our uh, Sunday School Leadership Training Meeting today at 4.30, so uh, hopefully every class is represented. I'll be there. It, it meets downstairs in the fellowship hall at 4.30. Um, about, you'll be learning about Sunday School for that. And one more um, uh, thing here. Uh, in the bulletin, uh, Miss Adrian Carroll wanted me to bring attention. The uh, sc- um, Operation Christmas Child, it's, it's, on, it's on Tuesday, August 7th. That's when we're collecting... And having, um, we'll be making crafts to uh, start getting ready for that. So that's not this Tuesday, it's the following Tuesday. Also, our young adult picnic is next Sunday at 2 o'clock. So that's with 
Raphael's Sunday school class. He wanted me to share that, so um, uh, young folks are invited to that. That's going to be at the Masterson Station Park. So that's next, that's um, uh, August 5th at 2 o'clock. So that's our, I think that's all of our announcements. So you can see uh, in the bulletin some of the other things going on. We're so glad you're here at church this morning. Um, hopefully I'll see you all tonight at the homecoming concert. Miss Gail's going to close the song. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. <laughs> 